Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. everybody welcome to the podcast it may interest you to know tony marcolini i'm joined by my co-host seamus mcdonough and our special guest today uh, is a musician you probably have heard some of his songs i think with his prior band but he's he's beginning a, a solo act now so we're happy to welcome matt priscilla to the show welcome matt hello everybody how is everybody doing today good well we're we're good uh I'll tell you, Seamus and I talked about this. We were excited to have you on. I think you're at the beginning of what's going to be an amazing career in music. Well, um, thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Certainly, I've been a fan back from when you started out with Drop the Act, right? That was the name of your first <laughs> band. Well, I think it was your first band. It could have been a, a second or third. I don't know. Was that the first yeah. band you were ever in? It was my it was my first band. Um, first time I ever performed in front of a live crowd was with that band. So they were like the first everything pretty much for me. So, and I stuck with them for about eight years. We were together. We were a band for eight years. So, yep, just one. Yeah, we, were you now, let me take you back to the beginning. Are you trained from from a young age to play instruments were you taking lessons when you were young um so i'm not exact i play guitar but i'm not exactly the best guitar player i focus more primarily on you know writing lyrics and melodies and vocals and stuff like that um now the past few years i've been doing a lot of production work so i do a lot of like you know um working in logic pro x which is like a just a recording program recording and, and mixing and mastering and stuff like that so i'm just getting started with that end of things um, but I never had any formal training. Um, I did have some guitar lessons when I was younger. Didn't last very long because I was young and naive and I was always easily distracted. So I just would skip my lessons all the time. So don't do that. If you're taking guitar lessons, stick with them or you won't get better. So, but yeah, so I never really had any formal training. I just kind of always had a natural inclination, to, you know, to music as a young kid. And I just kind of stuck, you know, with that interest, you know, throughout high school and into a band and then that was it mm. now you i know you wrote a lot of the material for your band um mm -hmm. i mean I, i'm sure you did covers as well but I, I think you did a lot of original material did you write words and and music and were you you one man band for that or did you write with a partner with the band um so yeah so the band was actually a pretty equal effort amongst all the members I and mean, we there was five of us 
and uh, collectively we would all contribute, you know, writing parts, you know, primarily my, my position in that band was writing the lyrics and the melodies and stuff. There were a few songs where I contributed to the, the musical aspect of it, uh, coming up with just basic chord progressions and things like that to uh, come up with song ideas. But the guys that I was in the band with, they played their instruments for 10 plus years longer than I have. So they kind of would take lead in that area, but everybody contributed equally. And uh, we all kind of like played our own little part, you know, for that band. So it was great. So you're from, you're from the writer poet genre, really, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a guy that, that likes to, you know, use wordplay and, you know, I, I'm a big fan of melodies. So melodies have always been something that has, have come naturally to me. You know, if I hear, you know, a chord progression or if I hear something, you know, I'm, my brain's automatically going to what the, lyrics would sound like and what the melody would sound like and that's just how my brain functions so beautiful we have a similar brain I'm, I, I like to write uh, screenplays and poetry and short stories so uh, but no music yet <laughs> for me. hey you can you, you can incorporate music to any 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 type of poem if you wanted to so mm. you're all you're almost there <laughs> wow mm. well i think i first became familiar with your work with Drop the Act because you had that a very popular song that really landed, I think, Friend Zoned. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, you did, yeah. You did a fantastic uh, music video for that. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, professional, uh, you know, and I think it just blasted you onto the music scene. I mean, prior to that, uh, you probably, I think you were you know, going around playing around, but I think when that song came out, you got an enormous amount of attention. Yeah, um, so that song definitely uh, changed the course of the, the entire band's like music career. Um, you know, we we were never a band, obviously, that was touring the whole country or the world, but that song definitely put us on the map regionally, and it opened up so many doors for us to play festivals shows um made us so many new fans and you know people were coming out to our shows a lot more frequently after that song came out uh we ended up playing warp tour which was awesome because after that song dropped we had so many supporters at the time you know we got voted on to play warp tour which was incredible um so yeah it definitely changed the course of a lot of things and we didn't expect it either it was kind of like a you know we didn't know what to expect it was our first music video you know and it was well received so we were very happy about that now, how nerve-wracking was the decision to go solo? Oh, it's it's a lot different. It is a lot different. Anybody that comes from like a band background like myself and, you know, takes a different direction and starts to go solo, they'll probably tell you the same thing, that it's it's a whole world. It's a whole different world. It's just you're doing a lot more on your own. Um, it is stressful, you know, but it is it is awesome in the sense that you know, being solo, you can kind of experiment a little bit more freely. Um, not not saying that, like, I was restricted in the band or anything like that. You know, we had a specific sound that we were all going for, you know, which was pop punk. Um, but at least being solo, you know, you could you could switch up genres, you know, every song if you wanted to. You know, there's a, there's a level of freedom that comes with it, which I really do enjoy. Um, but it is a little bit stressful because, you know, you're not stepping out into the public eye with four or five other guys behind you. And it makes it a little bit easier when you got a when you got a crew around you doing the same thing because it's like okay well you know if I embarrass myself you know we're all four going down you know what I mean <laughs> you have that mentality where it's like 
all right, it's not so bad because, you know, I got four or five guys with me. Now mm. it's like, okay, well, if I do something embarrassing, it's all on me, you know? Mm. But she um, stands alone. <laughs> what's that? The cheese stands alone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot more uh, pressure, but... I mean, I, I enjoy it. I mean, I have a lot of friends um, in the music industry that have been behind me during this transition, and that's made it easy. Um, you know, I, I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, my roommate, Luke Oxendale, he's produced a lot of my uh, singles coming out uh, as a solo artist. And he's kind of been somebody that's been directing me, you know, in the right direction, kind of guiding me, you know, telling me you know, things that I need to do or should be doing. And I've had a really good support group. So it doesn't feel like I'm alone, you know, until you like start putting out the songs and then it's like, oh man, you know, a little nerve wracking, but I enjoy it. So he's like, he's like a mentor, huh? Yeah, I have, I, you know what, and it, I have I have a handful of, of, of mentors that are also my friends, you know, we're all around the same age. Uh, some are older, but a lot of them have been involved in production and music and stuff like that since they were like 14, 15 years old. So they've been at it for, 10, 12 plus years, you know, these guys know what they're talking about. Um, but I have a nice network down in Nashville of, of friends and, and people that are very supportive of what I'm trying to do. And uh, we kind of help each other out. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's great. I, I relate completely. I mean, I, my, my, my thing was I was a professional boxer and you're basically, mm -hmm. you're as good as, you're as good as your, your mentor or your trainer. And, uh, yeah. but with the team sports, it's like going, because there's never any, you know, Unless you're in a big brawl somewhere, <laughs> but boxing like you're solitary, you know, and you're relying uh -huh. on, on you, and everyone, all the eyes are on you, and, and all the responsibility mm -hmm. is yours. So I, I relate completely. That's a, it's quite a, a movement from a, from being in the band. For you, oh, uh, oh yeah, it's it's a it's a huge movement. But like you said, like you're as good as your mentor, and you know, you're as good as your your crew that trains you. You know what I mean? Um, so it's 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 a team. It's still a team effort. You know. People, people think that solo means, you know, you're doing every single thing on your own. And there are a lot of artists out there that are doing that. Um, but it, it is very helpful when you have a supportive team and an experienced team around you uh, to really push you to that next level. So, yeah. So, genre, what, what would you say your focus is now? That's a good question. Um, so I started off the first three or four, I would say, releases that I've put out over the past you know, year and a half, couple of years have been uh, geared towards the more pop electronic sound, um, like just like a modern, you know, radio pop kind of. But I'm leaning heavily towards R&B, you know, now. So it's yeah. kind of like where my root. Yeah, that's kind of like where my roots come from. And it's funny when I tell people that because they, they, you know, I was in a pop punk band for so many years. But when I was like younger throughout high school, middle school, high school, you know, even to this day, I never kind of stopped. But I was very influenced by like early 2000s, late 90s R&B artists and stuff like that. So uh, over the course of the next year or two, you'll probably see me delving into that, like that genre a lot more, a little more R&B, but I'm going to still keep the pop elements in it as well. So. Tell us what the creative process looks like for you. I like to ask everyone who's on, like, what? How, how do you write? I mean, do you need to, the songs come to you when you're in the shower? Do you need to walk the dog? Do you, you meditate? Yeah. I mean, what, how, what does that look like? Yeah, I'm, my brain uh, never lets me rest when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could be doing the most mundane, you know, task or, you know, activity. And, uh, you know, I just, I think of random things. I hear things, you know, if I'm watching TV and I hear somebody say a certain line or phrase, 
and it sticks out to me. I'm like, oh, that kind of could be used in like a chorus. Like I like, I like the sound of that. Like that sounds cool. Or if I'm listening to music on Spotify or, you know, watching a movie trailer or something and I hear a specific piece of music that inspires me, you know, I instantly go to, okay, well, what would my version of this song be? And I try to, I try to draw, draw inspiration from just everyday life pretty much, you know, not just experiences, but just like activities that I'm taking place. And like, if I'm watching movies, like I said, that have, you know, cool soundtracks or um, I'm out, you know, and I hear somebody playing music down the road. Like, you know, I just, my brain's just constantly searching for, you know, melody. It's constantly searching for, you know, sounds and stuff that, that would be cool in a song, if that makes sense. Yeah. And okay, keep... sense. yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Tony. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I was thinking of Matthew Dix, right? He's an author who was on the podcast and he literally had the library on his phone. You know, every time an idea passed his way uh, that he thought, oh, that would, that would be really interesting. It was something mm -hmm. that struck him. He, you know, he put it into his phone. So he had this library of, uh, of, I guess, stories waiting to be told. You do something like that. You keep like a library on your phone of. Yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I, I actually, um, I have a thing on my phone. It's called Voice Recorder. It's just like a basic audio voice recording app that anybody can download. Uh, but it's just filled with an insane amount of, you know, voice memos of me just mumbling a lyric or a melody. You know, I, I could be like in the airport, you know, and I'll like think of something and I'll pull out my phone and just kind of like try to discreetly mumble it into my phone so I don't look like a weirdo singing into my phone. Um, but yeah, I, I do do that a lot. Uh, my computer actually ran out of hard drive space because I have so many unfinished song ideas or just little ideas like whether there's you know pieces of a chorus or just like like a little chord progression or something like that but I, I do keep track of all of that stuff and I probably have more ideas like that than I actually do on like actually finished songs so like my whole hard drive on my computer is just a bunch of projects you know that are unfinished but they're just raw ideas that you know can later be turned into a song so so it's the same sorry Tony I'm no, so good no you go okay I used, okay, I used the same app to uh, mass. I have voice recorder. Mine is almost full also. The hard drive is almost full. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it fills up fast, you know? I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I'm probably using it every day. I mean, probably every single day. And then also, you know, I'll use it to save song demos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, like, whenever I'm working on something, I'll email the song to myself so that I can, mm -hmm. you know, I'm laying in bed or something or laying on the couch, I can listen to it and kind of mm -hmm. dissect, like, what, um, you know, what I've created so I can, mm -hmm. you know, come up with other ideas and stuff and what I can and incorporate. An another idea is to send yourself an email. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i do that a lot too yeah it, it, i'm all i'm all over the place i'll, yeah, I'll yeah. text stuff to, i'll text stuff to myself to make sure i have notes you know i'll you know have notes in my phone voice recorder email i mean i got i got ideas all over the place it's probably not good i should probably get more organized but that's just how yeah. my brain works you know <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah do you remember the first time you walked out onto a stage i do like it was yesterday and I was terrified and it was good. The show was good. I mean, for, it was our first show ever. It was with Drop the Act. Um, it was January 13th, 2013, I'm pretty sure, because we formed in October of 2012 and our first show was in January, like the following year. So we played at Old Princeton, which one of our music videos from the old band, um, Stay Close, 
was shot at that venue uh, for that reason, because we played our first show there and we thought it would be cool later on, like down the road to actually shoot a music video there to kind of like pay tribute to the place. So, uh, but yeah, we played there. There was probably about, I don't know, maybe like a hundred people, which at the time was a lot for like a venue like that for like a local band. Like that's a lot of people. Uh, there was a band called Squid the Well that was from Michigan and they were a very up and coming good act at the time. And they, they were the headliners. So they drew a decent amount of people out. And uh, I remember we played probably two or three covers and then some originals. And I was stiff as a board for the first probably two or three songs. <laughs> uh you know i i vocal performance was a little maybe a little shaky but it was okay uh but i was nervous i mean it i got through it but i was nervous i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna sit here and be one of them guys that's like oh, i don't get nervous i i still get nervous i would still get nervous today probably so i would think some of that stage fright and seamus you you probably relate to this too there's a bit of stage fright fright i would think that propels your performance to the next level too Sometimes right. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to get nervous before, as you know. Uh, I could get nervous before him because you're going to get nervous. You don't want all to hit you on stage, so to start dealing with it beforehand is better, and uh, that way you're prepared. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I've definitely tried, you know, breathing exercises, you know, all, all that good stuff. Um, I, I, I do more. I, I matured more in that area as band kind of grew over the years early on in the band's career you know i i didn't know how to handle that uh so you know i wasn't preparing i guess you could say for for that you know i was just kind of in my head a lot before shows um wasn't wasn't doing breathing exercises wasn't doing proper vocal warm-ups just because i was too in my head about the performance itself um but i got better with that over the years just like anything else you know once you do something so many times you still get nervous, and I think getting nervous is a is a good thing to a certain degree because I feel like it kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit, mm -hmm. you know. But then if you let that control, you know, control your thoughts, that's when it gets kind of a little bit, you know, negative. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I got better with that over the years. But still mm -hmm. to this day, I mean, I've played so many shows with the band and stuff, and I still feel like when I get on stage again in the future, I'm gonna feel the same way. Mm -hmm. So. And there must be some times where it just, it just hits perfection and the flow and it's just everything is just perfect. That must happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. It does. It does. And then, you know, once, once you're, once you kind of get on stage and, and you get through that initial, I mean, I guess it might be the equivalent to like getting in the ring. Once you get hit one time, you're like, okay, like, let's go now. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're yeah, in yeah. there, you're, your, your instincts kind of pick up and, and you just kind of like just let your training take over. And it's kind of like that with music. It's like once you get the first initial song maybe out of the way and you kind of get a feel for the crowd's reaction and you kind of feed off that energy, um, it, the nerves kind of settle down and then you get into a flow state where it's kind of like, you know, this is good, like, and I'm fine now, so. So tell me about the, the worst uh, time you've ever been on stage. Oh, which one? <laughs> which which one? Because there's where, a, oh, where you got booed, or you know, the, the, somebody fell off um, the stage. It's always a good story. <laughs> I mean, we've never got like booed to the point where like we needed to quit and get off stage. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure at some point we played a show where a few guys in the crowd have maybe 
yelled out some not so pleasant comments. I mean, that's that's anywhere you go, especially when you're a band that's playing bar shows and there's, there's guys out there drinking. And we've played shows where we would be with metal bands, like heavy metal, like head banging bands. And we're, we were like a pop punk band that was singing about being friend zone, you know, like we weren't <laughs> like, we weren't like this scary looking sounding metal band. And we've landed, we've ended up on shows where that's the whole crowd wanted just to just see metal bands, but specifically uh, going back to your original question, like, you know, it's just specific time. Um, it's probably down to two, two different, Two different shows and i'll bring them both up because they equally were, were both horrifying but one we drove <laughs> we drove two hours one time to um somebody's birthday party and it was halloween themed and uh we didn't know any of the other bands that were on the show we didn't know like you know the type of crowd or the kids that were going to be at the show but we decided to play it because we were kind of friends with the girl at the time so we drove like two hours to this venue and uh you know, the venue wasn't horrible, but we were playing kind of like on the floor and stuff. And uh, when we got there, we realized it was a complete metal show. As I was just saying, it was a complete metal show. Like everybody was that was there was like metalhead. Like if it wasn't metal being played, they were not interested. And I remember we went up to play and I just remember looking out at the few kids that actually did stand in front of where we were playing and they just looked miserable. And it was horrible because we had to play like seven songs and there was no life there whatsoever. Like, I'm just thinking my whole time in my head, like, I can't wait for this to be over. Like, you know, I was just going through the motions at one point. Like, this is this is not good. You know, kids were making comments and stuff. And I'm like, hey, this is not the show for us. You know, we should not be playing this show. Um and then there was another time where we played a festival. I can't remember exactly where it was at, but uh, we had so many technical difficulties that the person that was running the audio stopped the show mid-show and told us just to get off stage. <laughs> like we, uh, one of our one of our guitarists was playing and like he accidentally unplugged one of his one of his guitars, and then that messed it up. And then somebody else tripped over something and knocked a piece of equipment over. And this is all transpiring within like two songs of each other and eventually the guy just got on the mic and was just like yeah you guys you guys are dying and it was embarrassing <laughs> because we were we were playing in front of a decent amount of people we're like oh sorry guys you know technical <laughs> difficulties but wow. fortunately we haven't had too many like terrible experiences but those do stick out to me when i think about it because i was cringing for a while <laughs> so of course the, the growing pains of that right everybody has those experiences you know, yeah. the, the time, especially in the early days, I think even more so. Uh, and mm -hmm. that always leaves an impact. I, I remember actually asking another musician, what was his most memorable time on stage? She told me uh, he proposed to his wife on stage. So do you have a, a most memorable moment of performance? Yes, and it's, it's so funny that you brought up proposal because one of the most memorable moments, besides like playing work for, which I guess everybody in the band would say, like that was our like peak moment. But um, there was this kid, um, actually, I'm just going to call him Eric Aiken, if you see this, love you, man. Um, but he proposed to the girl he was dating at the time at one of our shows to one of our songs. Um, he came up to me personally and uh, asked me that or if he could propose to his girlfriend during a specific song during our set. Um, I think it was Stay Close. And while we were playing the song and I was singing it, he got down on one knee in front of her, in front of the band, in front of everybody and proposed. So that was cool. So I, I thought that was a pretty cool, memorable moment. Um, so it's funny that you brought up the proposal thing because that actually happened at a drop the act show. 
So, did she say yes? She did. She did. Now, I, I, I don't, I, I, I'm, I don't think it turned out very well, unfortunately. Um, but he's way better off now, I'm sure. But uh, at the time, yeah, I mean, at the time, it was, it was, it was a very sweet moment. So beautiful. Now, yeah. Talk to us about your present career, your solo career. Tell me what's yes. going on. I mean, you just released a new single. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I just dropped the music video um, about 10 days ago, and it's called Red Flags. Um, and then previously this this summer in June, I had dropped a, another music video called Waves with a friend of mine, uh, Dante Jordan, which is, he's a rapper, uh, singer-rapper from the Pittsburgh area. So I've been putting out music videos. Um, I have a bunch of material that I've been kind of lining up for 2022. So this coming year, I plan on dropping a lot of music. Um, I'll be working a lot out of the Nashville area. Uh, right now, I'm in Pennsylvania visiting my family. But um, yeah, so I have a lot of stuff coming up, um, some singles, no projects at the moment, uh, no albums particularly, uh, just because the way the industry is kind of right now, it just seems more sufficient to or efficient to um, put out singles rather than albums as a new artist. Um, it's just like a popular new marketing strategy that a lot of artists are kind of hopping on board with it nowadays. Um, but eventually I would like to put out a project, hopefully by the end of 2022. Well, and COVID, I would think has significantly impact your ability to tour and play out as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I haven't played any live shows, uh, with my new material yet, uh, primarily because I haven't had the amount of material that I would like to have before I start playing shows. Um, like when the band started playing shows, we had like at least a full EP album of, you know, it was a, a whole body of work that we were able to showcase. Uh, but right now I'm kind of just, you know, putting out singles and I think I only have like four or five right now, which is getting close to, you know, being able to put on a, a live set. But, um, I think I kind of took a step back from the live aspect of things, especially because of COVID, you know, you really had no choice as a musician, but to just kind of focus on producing music and just putting it out, you know, for people to listen to. Uh, but I, I don't have any plans uh, soon to perform, but I would like to, to get into that um, next year at some point. So I, I would love to perform here soon. So, so Red Flags, that's a mm -hmm. song about red flags in a relationship, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, all, the, all yeah. the things that tell you ahead of time, you know, watch Danger Ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, the song I wrote, I wrote the song and recorded it last year, last October actually, um, and the video didn't get shot until May of this year. So this is like a project that's kind of like been, you know, on standby for a while. And it's an, to me, it's an older song. You know, obviously now it's one of my newer songs that I put out, and it's new to everybody else. But um, to me, in my catalog, it's you know, it's one of the older ones that I've been kind of sitting on for a little over a year. Um, but I've I've been wanting to put it out. Uh, so the song, yeah, it's about red flags in a relationship, um, more primarily geared towards like the beginning stages of a relationship when you're kind of first meeting somebody before you kind of dive into that commitment. Um, I've personally had too many experiences where I look past some pretty obvious red flags because I thought, you know, uh, maybe this person will change or maybe this person doesn't mean, you know, what I think they mean. And, you know, things just turned out very badly. So I said, you know what, let me just let me write a song about it. So that's what that's about. I was so one, wonderful thing to do about about, about uh, our problems is to write about it, write a song about it. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like to draw from personal experiences. You know, I, I 
with the band and stuff, you know, we had a lot of fun writing songs. There were some songs where we just kind of made up scenarios, to be completely honest, just because we thought it would make for a good song. But, um, and I still do that from time to time, but like a lot of the stuff that I write, I, I like to draw from personal experience. It just comes more naturally to me and it feels a little more authentic. So, you know, it's not forced, but yeah, I actually did go through a situation uh, previously, like previous to writing that song um, that inspired it kind of. So, mm. yeah. I suspected so. I, when I first listened to the video, it, it um, I think... I think it's it's very well written, uh, and I think there's a, a certain depth to it that made me feel like you were drawing from experience as opposed to uh, yeah. putting you know lyrics together. And I guess some of that comes with age too, right? The more we live, the more uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. Are. It's because I yeah, I love how you said that because there was a time frame in my life where I guess I had writer's block, you can say, or I was uninspired. Um, because I was too cooped up and I was burning myself out trying to write so many different songs and producing songs that I would just stay in my room for 10, 12 plus hours a day and then just go to sleep, wake up and pretty much do it all over again. And that went on for a decent amount of time. And what I ended up realizing is that I was, I was burning myself out mentally and I wasn't coming up with good ideas for songs because I wasn't living. I was just sitting in my room and I was just trying to you know pump out as many songs as possible and to any artists out there that you know gets in that headspace and I know most of them do because you'll constantly have this pressure of producing content at a fast rate because of how social media is nowadays you have to constantly keep up with trends and things of that nature um, so it's a lot of pressure and I kind of stopped living I guess you could say uh, for a while because I was too caught up with you know the creation process but then I realized that I wasn't creating anything, you know, of any substance because I wasn't experiencing anything, you know. I wasn't pulling from, you know, a real experience that could be relatable to somebody else. I was just kind of, you know, regurgitating the same stuff over and over again. So it's important to go out there and live. It's important to have experiences. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean you're not motivated. You're not working hard towards your dreams. It's okay to go out with friends, it's okay to do, you know, certain things and stuff, because that's how, you know, inspiration comes, just by living, so. Agreed. So now, are you still, are you still friends with the members of the band? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we are, we are really good friends. Um, I live in Nashville now, so it's like, I don't see them as much anymore. Um, but uh, the twins in the band, Josh uh, Hoffman and Jacob Hoffman, are both engaged now. So if you guys watch this, congrats, guys. Congratulations. Um, they're in, they're in, yeah, they're engaged. Uh, I'm actually going to be in Josh's wedding. He played bass for Drop the Axe. So I think the wedding's set for like next year or maybe two years from now. But uh, he asked me to be in his wedding. So I'm going to be in his wedding, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, we're very, very close. We're so very close. We, uh, we love each other like, like brothers, you know. I guess that'll always be there. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we experience, you know, a really cool thing with that band and uh, we all shared the same experiences and even though it didn't work out the way we really wanted it to work out you know everything happens for a reason I believe that um, and everybody's doing their own thing right now and everybody seems happy so was wow. it hard go ahead Seamus I'm sorry go ahead Tony you go go we'll go with that question please no I was just gonna say how how hard was it to to make that final decision 
Yeah, it was it was emotional. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think we all were kind of emotional about it. Uh, I'm sure a few of us cried. You know, I'm not gonna say who. You know, maybe me once a little bit. But <laughs> no, it was it seriously though. It was it was emotional. Um, it was just there. It was coming to a point where you know, there was no bad blood. There was no bad blood. Um, but obviously, like any other group of guys that stick together for so many years, you know, you're going to butt heads a little bit. I mean, you know, people butt heads with their brothers and their sisters and stuff. You know, you, you spend so much time with people. Eventually, you butt heads. Um, but that wasn't necessarily the reason why we why we decided to disband. It was primarily because I think we all kind of had a different vision for what we wanted our future in music to look like. And that's completely okay. And that's probably the main reason why most, you know, bands and groups disband. Um, I kind of wanted to go a little bit of a different route sonically. Like I wanted to try different types of music out and sounds. Um, but the type of music that I wanted to do probably wasn't fitting into, you know, the drop the act criteria, like what people would expect us to write. Um, a couple of the other guys kind of wanted to just stay locally and play and then a couple of the other guys wanted to actually tour and go do stuff and it was kind of just like one of those things where we couldn't come to a uh consensus uh, yeah like a unified vision where it's like okay we all have the same goal in hand so we kind of just decided like hey you know maybe it's best that we just take a step back from this because it was kind of taking a toll financially a little bit um you know anybody that's ever played in a band or has done music you know it's it's an industry where it costs money to make money. It, you know, it's, it sucks, but it does. Um, so yeah, it was finances were a little bit of part of it, but I think the primary thing was just the fact that we all wanted to do something different. And uh, we just ultimately decided that we were just going to go our separate ways and see what happens, but we might play a reunion show one day in the future. Who knows? <laughs> so when you're on stage, it's just you on the stage or do you have a ba backing band or. What's that for, for the drop the act? Yeah, no, for your for your 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 performances. Yeah, so whenever I haven't performed yet as a solo artist, but I mean this it is something that I, I have been kind of planning in the background, you know, slowly but surely. I don't know when my first show will be, but hopefully maybe next year, sometime in 2022. Mm -hmm. But um yeah, I would probably uh, have a backing band. Um, like I said, I have an incredible team and uh, support group of friends in Nashville that they're all, you know, diverse musicians. They play multiple instruments. They do different things. And if I ever needed a supporting band, I know I could put together three or four guys that could easily do that for me, so. Mm. You remind me, I have a very good friend, David Keenan. Have you heard of him? I have not. Yeah, he's a he's a, a singer-songwriter from Ireland. I'm, I'm from Ireland also, you probably guessed that. Awesome, but yes. uh, but uh, he, uh, I was, I was guessing it was kind of a mentor to him for a while. I've no experience in music at all, but uh, just uh, as a friend, being a mentor, and uh, uh, we went, to, went to New York one time to see his band playing, and and they were going through some rough stuff because band, everyone does, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. and I just shared my experience with them from boxing, my boxing experience for the band it was great. I it was a really right. a, a highlight of my my life, and. Um, they actually invited me on stage in the end to sing a song with them. There you go. So, so I was up there one time, you know, and uh, it's it's thrilling. It's really, really uh, it's quite an experience. Yeah, it is. It is. I actually, um, so I performed in Nashville, not one of my own songs. I worked with a guy that uh, played in like a cover band that would play at the bars downtown. And uh, he, similar situation, he kind of drugged me up on stage. 
and asked me to sing a cover song with him. And I did. And I was so you would have thought I didn't have any experience at all. I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in Nashville singing in front of a bunch of random people, you know, and it's 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 exhilarating. It definitely gets the adrenaline going. So if you're an mm -hmm. adrenaline junkie, you know, the stage might be the place for you, you know, but mm -hmm. I definitely was 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 feeling it. Mm -hmm. Wow. You draw a lot of energy from a crowd. I think any I think performers who love the stage in general, uh, theater um, or singers, and they say the things I've heard is that they they pull a lot of the energy that comes from the the crowd to, you know, into their performance. Oh yeah, the, the crowd is 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 a huge. I, you know, I'm a firm believer. I mean, like you can have a solid set but there's nothing like a solid set when the crowd is feeding into that energy. You know, you can play all the right notes. You can, you know, sing your best, but there's nothing like a performance in front of a crowd that's matching your energy. It kind of just brings you to the next level, you know? And, and I think like that, that crosses all entertainment and sports, like, and everything. Like when, when you have a crowd or an audience that's watching you and you're doing, you know, you're performing or whatever, and they're getting into it, they're yelling, you can see their facial expressions and stuff like that. It kind of brings you to this, you know, supernatural like state where you can just, you almost feel like you're in this like dream state. Sometimes almost, it feels like you black out, honestly. And I've, I've said that so many times on stage to people, like, what do you mean? But there's been shows where we've played where it's like, you know, they're so intense, high intensity and you're, you know, the crowd's in it and, you know, you're, all the guys are in it that like when it's over, you kind of look back and you're like, it was so fast. Like it almost feels like a dream. Like you just blacked out and you just went through the motions, you know? Um, so yeah, crowd, crowd participation is, is, is huge, you know, especially for, for the performance of the artist too. And there's, there's basically in that situation, those kind of situations, there's no like evolutionary incentive to, to not to remain calm in, in these new situations. They're like right. new and exciting and, you know, and, and yeah. we're not really, we're not really trained for them really, you know, everything else we, we practice over and over again. I'm, I'm, I'm also uh, 25 years sober. So I, I looked a lot at why I do what I do and all that stuff. And I, awesome. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And and uh, so there is no way, uh, as I said, evolutionary incentive to remain calm. So. So, but, but practice does help, you know, practice over and over and over. And uh, so, yeah, so I commend you. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it takes, takes a lot of practice to prep for something like that. And even, you know, you can prep every single day, you know, nothing truly prepares you for the, yeah. the real thing. Yeah. But I mean, you can get yourself to a point where it's, where it's, you know, you can, you can harness it and maintain it and, and, and mm. remain you know, calm, but you know, nothing really prepares you for, for the actual thing. Cause once you, once you hit that stage and everybody's kind of staring at you, mm. you're like, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so 10 years from now, who do you see yourself as? Like who, 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 who will Matt be in 10 years? You think? Oh man, this question is always giving me anxiety. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in a good way. It's fine. Um, I'm the type of person that it, I, I, I change frequently. And then when I mean change, I don't mean like, I, you know, my personality changes per se, or, you know, my beliefs and stuff change per se, you know, but they do, you know, I, everybody evolves spiritually, mentally, physically. And uh, from year to year, I feel like I 
feel like a different person every year. So it's kind of hard for me to gauge who I would be in 10 years, even five years, honestly. What I would say my hopes would be is that hopefully in 10 years, I'm doing music full time. Um, however that, you know, manifests, however that, you know, happens or transpires. Um, I don't know, but I would love to be doing music full time and, you know, be helping other people along the way uh, with music and, and things of that nature. Uh, so that's, you know, I can tell you what, yeah, what I would want to be doing, but as far as like who I'm going to be, I don't know. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. Hopefully somebody good. <laughs> who does Matt listen to? <laughs> uh, who do you, who? <laughs> I listen to a lot of different stuff. I mean, I, I try to keep up with like the newest stuff out just because, you know, I think that's so important. Um, so I listen to, you know, young artists, like uh, there's an artist, his name is Breakins. Um, I just really love his production style because it's different and it's new. Um, you know, some people don't like it. I like it because it's different. Um, you know, I listen to uh, Nothing Nowhere is, is another artist. He's kind of like a pop punk hip hop artist, which is cool because he kind of blends the two genres that my backgrounds come from, like R&B, hip hop with pop punk, which is awesome. So I listen to a lot of Nothing Nowhere. Um, I still listen to a lot of the artists that I used to listen to growing up, like Drake, like the rapper, you know, um, I would have to say I listen to Porter Robinson. He's an electronic, uh, artist that he does like EDM stuff. So I'm all over the board with, with music genres, you know, eclectic, very eclectic tastes. Yeah. If it sounds good and I can connect with it. I mean, the biggest thing is connecting with it. If I can connect with it. I like it. You know, there's even country songs that I really like. Now, I'm not the biggest country guy. And it's funny because like, you know, I'm doing music in Nashville. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, that's not where I, my roots really come from. But I do like guys like, you know, Sam Hunt, uh, Mitchell Tenpenny, uh, the guys like that. You know, I, I listen to a lot of their stuff. Um, traditional, like Rascal Flats. I still like Rascal Flats. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm all over the place. And I, I think it's important to to be open to a lot of different type of music, especially as an artist. If you weren't a musician, what would you be? <laughs> I, I don't know. That, you know. People ask me that. Um, it's hard for my brain to compute that, you know? I've always been a person that's like, since a very, very young age, I kind of like had like just a... I don't want to say gut feeling, but I just, I just always knew what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. I mean, from, from like the age of two and three, I was like performing with microphones in front of like family get togethers and <laughs> gatherings. So like before I, I even, be yeah. And like when I was young, like and my mom would tell me stories, like whenever she was pregnant with me, um, the only time I would pick and move is when she would put like, you know, a, uh, headphones up to her stomach and play music for me. And when I was mm -hmm. like one to two years old, you know, Michael Jackson was, you know, big at the time and uh i would watch his performances on tv at like two years old and i would stand in front of the tv and dance and stuff so like for <laughs> me it's like yeah for me music has always been the thing so like i don't really know who i would be um i guess i i, I love cinema so like if any if I, if I had if someone said you have to pick something else i would maybe try to go the route of like acting and like you know movies Creativity. and stuff like that 
Yeah, creativity. Yeah. Whether you're creating a character, or you're creating music, yeah. or yeah. or story, just just like just creating and entertaining by telling stories and stuff. So if mm-hmm. I yeah, if I if I if someone came down right now and was like, hey, we're taking music out of your life, you have no choice. What else do you want to do? I'd probably have to go that route because it's still in the same, it's still in the same category as far as like entertaining and stuff. So probably maybe we that. Get, maybe we get you to act to one of our projects. Oh, I would love to. I would, hey, I was, I, I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I was the scarecrow in the lead role in my high school play, you know? So I got, I got footage. I could send it in as my, uh, my portfolio, you know? But, love that. Yeah. Well, you're no, a storyteller was, by heart, right? And I think, I, you yeah. know what? I think acting is one of the most underrated, um, I, I mean, acting it's performing entertainment in general i think it's very underrated as a profession uh i Mm -hmm. say this i used to say all the time i thought the matrimonial bar was underrated of all the types of attorneys you can be honestly the the attorneys who do the the family work they're very Mm -hmm. underrated and underappreciated because you know you're in court every day when you're practicing family law and you know you're handling multiple cases no one's happy you're seeing people through the absolute worst time in their lives there's a lot of anger and it's a rough area to practice and 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 the matrimonial bar are on their feet arguing cases all the time you want somebody who knows the rules of court and the rules of evidence ask a matrimonial attorney (laughs) but they're very underrated and i feel like people don't appreciate the value to entertainment as much as they should as well, because we all need that. We all we all have experienced bad days and low moments in our life where it made a difference to put a song on, right? Or it made a difference to put a TV show on where it got us through almost like holding your hand, but it, it sucked you into something, you know, a book. It sucked you into some other world, something that uh, made it better for you for a while. And you really, you can't put a price on that. No, and it's funny. It's funny you said that as well because I was just having this conversation with my parents last night. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not against you know, you know, taking a different route professionally if I need to, you know, to survive and make ends meet and everything. But like, I, I truly support and believe in creatives that are trying to do what they do for a living um, because it's it is overlooked in society a little bit um, because there aren't a lot of you know quote unquote jobs in that area. You know, people kind of have this notion where it's like you can't be successful unless, you know, you're this big, huge star, you know, and that's not that's not the case at all. And I, you know, sometimes people talk down on creative jobs, um, you know, not anybody I know, because everybody that I know is you know, super supportive of what I do and everything. Uh, but there are people out there that have this mentality where, you know, it's, it's not going to make you money. It's not a career. You know, it's a hobby. And for a lot of people, especially like myself, it's, you know. A hobby is something that you do, you know, a couple times a week, you know, because it just takes your mind off things, you know. But for me, it's like an everyday, it's incorporated into my everyday life. Like I'm constantly trying to progress and get better at what I do. Um, so for me, it's a passion. And for everybody else that, you know, is a creative, it's a passion and it's it's a part of who they are. You know, it's, it's, it's important not to identify as just one thing because, you know, as a human being, I feel like there's many different aspects that people, um, you know, you can't just identify as one thing. But it is a large part of, you know, a creative's life, like whatever they do. And like you said, without without creatives, you know, this world would be, you know, a very bland place. You know, there'd be no music and movies and, 
you know, mm-hmm. the music and movies is what, you know, brings out the emotion. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you know something, you know, scary is going to happen or something sad just happened, you know, it kind of draws you in emotionally. Um, and then like artists that paint and stuff like that, like we wouldn't have, you know, beautiful pieces of art to decorate our houses with, you know, and things like that if we didn't have somebody that, you know, pursued their passion as a creative. So, yeah, it is overlooked. And I, I, I fully support anybody that wants to try to do it as a living. So. Yeah, thank you, and, and thanks for entertaining us. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I, I, I love it, man. I love it. So the Greeks uh, uh, say that the purpose of art is to make us emote. So thank you, you know, and... Hey, boxing is entertaining as well. So yeah, thank yeah. You. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So where can people find your music? So you can find my music on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, if you want to watch any of the videos, they're on YouTube. I also have a website. Uh, it's just mapfrasilla.com. So you can find some of the links there. Um, but if you're looking to get straight to this music, you know, Spotify is where all of my uploads and stuff are. I have my covers on there. I have my original music on there. So Spotify and Apple Music. Where you can where you can check me out and Instagram too. I upload stuff on Instagram and TikTok every once in a while, um, especially TikTok. I do a lot of um, unreleased material on there. Uh, I kind of use that platform to test the waters with like new song ideas because that's kind of like how the platform is 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 working right now. A lot of artists are, you know, putting clips of unreleased demos and songs out there to kind of see how the general public reacts to it, and then that kind of makes them decide whether or not they want to put the song out so i've been doing that a lot too so if you want to hear some unreleased stuff you know check out my tiktok i also do you know funny stupid skits on there but that's just for fun (laughs) can't wait (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're gonna put up the links uh for the new video for his new song and uh for his website in the description it's really been a pleasure to talk to you i hope you'll come back again Absolutely. I would love for you guys to have me back again. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. This was awesome. And it was great talking to you guys. And can't thank you guys enough for believing in the band back in the, you know, back years ago and still sticking with me to this day. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Yes, we, had a, we had a project, right? Seamus uh, Surviving Sam. We had this project. Yes. And uh, his was your song was this was a key. The friend zone was a key song uh, mm-hmm. used, used in the show. Uh, yeah, that was very yes. That was very exciting for us. That was that was awesome. And you guys really you 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 made a big impact on us. You know, asking us to be a part of that. So I can't thank you guys enough. So oh well, you're a talented yeah. group. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for being here thank in person with us and or uh, virtually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to say goodbye, but we hope we have, we'll have Matt back again and we'll follow his career as it continues to progress. I see great things. Uh, this is a very talented young man. So we're excited that we uh, we got to interview him on this end. I have a feeling that we'll have an interview later on uh, after he's you know gotten his first uh, uh, number one song. So, oh, man, I, I hope so. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's, that should be the goal. I hope. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> and. Awesome. The links will be in the bottom. Uh, we're going to say goodbye and sign off from uh, for the podcast. So have a great day, everybody. Have a great day.